0: Bismillahi rahim. Did we discuss last time about commanding the right but not doing yourself? I think we discussed that last time, if I remember correctly. When you, I think we discussed it in detail, which was um, if you are commanding people to do good, but you're not able to do it yourself. So we. The point there is that as long as you have an intention to do good yourself And you're not being absolutely hypocritical where you're telling people to do wrong and you are purposely doing the wrong But if As once as a Hakim ul-Umbat ma'ala rahmatullah he said that he gave a very strong lecture Bayan on anger And he said sometimes I give lectures Based on what I feel as a deficiency within me. So this gives me an opportunity to take heed in fact sometimes it's very effective to tell somebody else to benefit yourself if you want to do it as well because then uh, psychologically you feel that you would be hypocritical if you didn't act on it yourself so he provides a lot of encouragement so that would be fine otherwise the ulama have written that if if it was only the pure and extremely righteous and free of sins who would who could do amr bil ma'ruf and nahi anil munkar tell anybody anything then after rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam nobody would have been able to do amr bil ma'ruf and nahi anil munkar cuz there's nobody else who is just so pure as such so the idea is that it's nasiha nasiha has to come from a sincere heart then it will affect so the more the nasiha there is the more goodwill there is in the heart and the more fervor and concern there is in the heart then the more that Nasiya will penetrate anyway. But otherwise, it's nice to tell somebody. The way the media has made it is that you should be open about your sins. That's the way to celebrate the freedom. That's the way... Because the way they play it is that if you hide, then you will struggle for the rest of your life. You will be leading a double life. This is the whole concept that brings out a number of people, as such. So the whole idea they uh, that they say is that why don't you just celebrate your freedom? Because we are living in a postmodern world in where literally there are no bounds. The only ba- bounds are if you harm somebody else, because that is human rights charter. Right? And in an absolutely free world, there should not be there should be none of these curbs at all. So. Everything is very flexible, everything is very bendable. There are no limits. Even gender is fluid, they say. You can be switching. There's no ethically nothing wrong with that. So in the world that we're living in, we get used to that idea. Right. We get used to that because this is what we're listening to every day when the politicians, you know, the whole when they speak, when the media speaks, this is what we get into. And this is why. A lot of people who are struggling inside, with various different, <coughs> various different sexual vices as well, whatever that may be, whether that, uh, I- even if even people who are struggling with their own sexuality as such, they listen to these things, and it makes them even more despondent. Before they were dealing with it, but now because the narrative out there is just come out, just celebrated, people should get used to it. So this creates even more psychological pressure actually In the human being Humans will always be struggling with something Because there's very few people who are completely in tune Those are the people of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Who've managed to overcome all of these struggles And now they're in a state of the tranquil soul You only get to come out of the struggle Or most of the struggle at least When you get nafs mutmainna which is a very, very difficult stage to get to, requires a lot of effort. But generally people will be struggling. And when you struggle like that, that is what, uh, everybody has a struggle. You know, whether that be with too much eating. So should just people go out and eat? Lots and lots. Well, binge eating, just keep eating, should they do that? Somebody likes Coke a lot, somebody likes drinking a lot. Should they just keep drinking because that's what they feel like doing? Why should they curb themselves? Why should they struggle with themselves? Just do it and then die. Just die in 30 years instead of 60 years. What's the big deal? Or become sick? It's your freedom. So you who makes these decisions? It's all about the trend outside. That, make, that is what provides the limits as such in the minds of people. And then after 10 years is another one. That the limits and boundaries are redrawn and then everybody has to follow suit. That that's basically the world we're living in. Before you could actually, before you could actually define cities with the culture of the people. If you read these old travelogues and the s- uh, books written uh, by the early scholars on Buldan, right, uh, Mukaddasi's written one called "Ahsan al-Taqasim." Uh, where he's discussed different cities, and each city had a very unique character. Each city has a very unique character, not just by the buildings, but by the people. The buildings were quite, I mean, the the buildings weren't the big deal. What was the big deal was what was available there in terms of greenery and fruits and uh, products, uh, natural, local products, because now it's a globalized world, so you get everything everywhere. You go to any duty-free sh- shop in the world and you get a Toblerone. That's what you get. You know, what's the point of bringing back Toblerone home? You know, Tofifi. Big bags of Mars chocolate. Whether you go to Sri Lanka. Is what Sri Lanka got to do with Mars chocolate? That's an American company. Do you understand? It's just it's a boring world now. The whole world needs to be the same now. That's what they're saying. It's a globalized world. It's a Before it would be completely different. What you get in Makkah, you couldn't get somewhere else. The people were different. They've even gone as far as discussing the women of each area. I mean, that this is their quality. Where's all that now? It's just a completely different world we're living in now. It makes it much more difficult. In a sense, there's no difference. So that just creates in us the psychological pressure just to conform. And isn't that our biggest challenge? today isn't that one of our biggest challenges today and if we don't have a heart and we don't build our hearts and we don't do enough remembrance of Allah then we lose it completely because that we have no basira left because what we have to understand <coughs> this is something sha rahimullah rahimallah discusses quite deeply in a very very elaborate and sophisticated way which is you know uh, today's not the place to mention that but basically every time you do the dhikr of Allah and you call out to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, make any connection with Him, the noor descends upon you. And that's exactly what we do in our muraqabah to set ourselves up, that we imagine that noor. Because the noor is there. And when you do dhikr, you will receive the Nur. Then, goes beyond the person. Depending on how strong your, your dhikr is, depending on how strong your dhikr is, the noor that comes down the faidan, the, the emanations that come down from al Malaul ala <coughs> from the upper levels, the baraka, the blessing. This spills over, spills over to around you. Now imagine a room of people doing dhikr. There's going to be some stronger hearts than others. Their dhikr is going to be stronger than others. So the benefit of praying together, salat, Jumu'ah, at least once a week, for example, you do it with a bigger congregation. Sitting in vicar gatherings, you benefit from that even if you're weak. So if we're weak, we're sitting with others, we get the benefit of the overspill. Right. Th- these are the barakat we're speaking about. If the evil eye can have such a penetrating effect, then why not the good eye? Why not the effect? And there's been many studies on the heart, how hearts... Entrain other hearts the most powerful heart will entrain other hearts to them. They, they've done these studies. They've fixed you know They've uh, wired people up and they, they've actually seen how all of this functions so <clears throat> Can you imagine a person who's been sitting in one place for the last 30 years doing one hour of dhikr a day or reading this much Quran every day can you imagine the barakah in that? There's uh, one, <coughs> just speaking to somebody, I think two weeks ago, uh, one and a half weeks ago, <coughs> that he spoke about uh, Hafiz Patel Sab. <coughs> before, he said he sat next to him when he reads Al-Hizbul and all the others, and he says you can just feel it because he's been sitting in that place for so many years doing that dhikr. That's the benefit you get of getting together, get from getting together. So uh, by doing dhikr we actually create blessing. That's why the Prophet ﷺ said that the house don't leave your houses um, what do you call them cemeteries by not praying in, by doing all your prayers in the Masjid and not doing any naafil at home, because the Prophet ﷺ always did his sunnah Naafil in his house. The only time he sat in the Masjid after Salat was after Fajr and Asr. To do the tasbihah. then he would turn around. And after Fajr, then he would sit there, he would ask about dreams and so on. Otherwise, all the other Salats, he would just leave and pray Sunnah. We need that to strengthen the inside so that our Basira continues. Without Basira in this world, we are gone, finished. Because the, the trends outside are too powerful. It's just easier to conform than to resist. How many people come and say, this is the difficulty. This is the fitna surrounding me. These are the temptations around. You know, it's very difficult. There's no way you can fight against those unless you have good company or you have your own basira. And good company, the benefit of that is the same, that you're getting an overspill. If you don't want to do it yourself, then you have good company. So." You know, you're you're taking from their excess, that's what it is. You're you're basically tagging along with somebody else, catching a ride. So minimally, we must have good friends. We must surround ourselves with good people. We must interact with good people as far as possible. At work, we have to interact with all sorts of people. Okay, that's fine. We're restricted in that sense where we have to do something like this. But then we should find time where, and that's why we go to the masjid now this hadith i'm not sure if it's a hadith or not it's been related by haris al muhasibi but the editor is mentioning that he's not he's not f- not found it in any of the books so it's it's wisdom anyway whoever advises others <coughs> whoever can counsels others but doesn't receive the counsel himself not affected himself and tries to prohibit others but doesn't abstain himself, who tells others not to do something and doesn't stop himself. Pretty much similar meanings in a sense. Then he is by Allah min al-kha'ibin. He is of the losers. So this is somebody who purposely is telling people but has no concern for himself. For example, there's so clip once of this Pakistani very famous s- kind of uh, pseudo-scholar kind of religious um, who claims to be religious gives very powerful bayans he's got a gift of the gab it's not an alim or anything but people you know so what they've got is they've got all of these clips of him because the the reason I picked that up is because there was Junaid Jamshed he had criticized Junaid Jamshed For something he had said there was some controversy some time ago so he he is one who kind of led a bit of a campaign initially behind him so one of the clips was that before the camera actually starts he's there swearing away really bad swears like you know to the people in the studio all sorts of things they're completely indecent and then as soon as it starts then he's got another role to play now, that's this clear hypocrisy. I mean, it's this clear hypocrisy? One is you make a mistake and you s- you swear, right? You can't help it. You just hear it around you so much that somebody gets very angry and says it. But this is as a matter of fact. He's just normally just those those you know Urdu B words and M words and whatever they are. Right? He continues. He says, "Wala tu khalat, wala tu don't mix except with an intelligent and righteous person. An intelligent and righteous person. <clears throat> if, you, if you're just with worshippers with no intelligence, it could lead to bid'aat. If you're with intelligent people, then they understand how to go about things. And here intelligent just doesn't mean somebody who's very clever, but somebody who understands, who's got the perception of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Intelligent in the deen. وَلَا تُجَالِسْ إِلَّا illa aliman not just any alim as well don't just sit with any alim but sit with the alim that has some basira now i know in this time we may be struggling to find even ulama with good basira but we take what we get we take what we, the best we have in access to or what, what what we can uh, um, who we can reach because it's difficult so do not sit except with aliman basirun the prophet sallallahu was asked Ayyu khayrun Ayyu khayrun which of our sitting companions are the best, what kind of sitting companions should we have qala man billahi ru'yatuhu those whose just sight reminds you of Allah not that their sight doesn't remind you this is Most likely what this is saying Is that their actions don't Their actions Are different from what They can give you a good khutbah A good bayan On reminding you of the akhirah, But you don't see that from them And This is my understanding of it by the way You don't see that from their demeanor Hypocrisy Maybe So those That remind you Just their sight Just their presence Reminds you of the hereafter And i this is probably speaking about you feel the presence of the dhikr you feel the benefits you're within the radiation of that and then of course his words they continue his words his conversation increases you in your knowledge increases you in your knowledge وَذَكَّرَكُمْ بِالْآخِرَةِ عَمَلُهُ And his amal should be such that it reminds you of the akhirah. The amal should be such that it reminds you of the akhirah. Hassan Basri, he used to say that the dunya is entirely a darkness. And it is by default. If Allah had not... Being Allah, if Allah was not Allah there'd be darkness in this world because intrinsically that's what it is. There's light everywhere, but intrinsically it'd be darkness. So ad dunya kulluha zulma, illa majalis al ulama. Except the majalis with ulama. Those are the places where you get some light. That was his source of getting light. And uh, for those who were there yesterday, as I mentioned, that uh, Ibn al-Jawzi did a survey of the ulama before him. Ibn al-Jawzi were around, around the 6th century or so. He said he did a survey of the scholars before him because you know, he wrote histories. Al-Muntadam Fi Tarikh Al-Umam. Uh, well, right? So he's somebody who's really read a huge amount of books. And he wrote numerous biographies. He wrote wrote Sifat al-Safwa, a number of others as well. So he said, I did a survey to find out who had reached perfection in both knowledge and in ibadah. Because there's many who are known more for ibadah, zahideen. Though they have knowledge, they could have been fuqaha as well, but not masters of everything. And then there were others who were masters in sciences. But you don't hear the worship side as much. So he said, I did a survey and I came to the conclusion that there were three people who could stand up to that. And the first person he mentions is al Hassan al-Basri. And there's no doubt about that. The second person he mentions is Sufyan al-Thawri. Which most people don't know that he was a great worshipper. They generally see him as a muhaddith Because that's where he's most famously known. But according to him, he was also one of those. And number third, third, three was uh, Ahmed, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal. Now, these three are chosen over the likes of Shafi'i, the likes of Abdullah ibn al Mubarak, the likes of Fudayl ibn Ayyad. Fudayl ibn Ayyad, and you know, all of these people they're chosen. So, there must be something. And Ibn al Jawzi doesn't mess around, he he knows his stuff, right? So, these people they managed to achieve both. So, out of them is Hassan al Basri, and he's saying that anybody who the dunya is dark. This is for him, his personal perspective. It's not necessarily from hadith. You know, he's a tabi'i. So he's not necessarily from hadith, this. But this is his perspective that he's got penetrating insight. He just sees that aside from the majalis of the true ulama, it's all darkness. Source of to get light. Amr ibn Maymun al-Awdi al-Kufi He was a tabi'i. But he was around in the time of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam but he didn't meet him so he's not a sahabi they have a special name for these people they call mahdarameen Makhdaramiyin the people like oais al-qadni the tabi'is like category uh, as a category but they also have this sharaf of being what they call mahdarameen people who are alive <coughs> heard the call became muslim but didn't so this particular individual, Amr ibn Maymoon, he was a Kufi who was, you know, there from the time of Jahiliyyah, he didn't meet the Prophet sallallahu He came with Mu'adh ibn Jabal, remember he, he had been sent as a qadi or a judge or a governor to Yemen. So when Mu'adh ibn Jabal came back, he came with him from Yemen and he then settled in Kufa, very, very righteous man. Great worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. His student Abu Ishaq As-Sabi'i His student Abu Ishaq sabii mentions Kana idha Allah. He was such a man that if he was seen, you would remember Allah. Just this, It just reminds you of Allah. Ajib. He died in 75 Hijri. He also mentions about the great Tabi'i, Muhammad ibn Sirin that when he would pass by in the market to get whatever he needed through the market, anybody who saw him would start remembering Allah. Subhanallah, alhamdulillah, la ilaha illallah, allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad. Allama Dhaabi mentions this in Tariq. Of course Hassan al-Basir was the same as well. Ash'ath ibn Abdullah, one of his students, one of his companions, Hassan Basri, he says that when we used to go into his when we used to attend his majlis, Kunna إِذَا دَخَلْنَا عَلَى Al خَرَجْنَا Kharajna نَعُدْ Na'ud شَيْئًا When we would come out from that majlis. We would not think the dunya to be anything. It would completely come with, it was just this dose of um, an antidote. You know, you you pump yourself up with the dunya outside, you go into his majlis and he just extracts extracts it from you. He detoxifies you. It was a detoxification process, subhanallah. Yunus ibn Ubaid says that when a person would look at Hassan he would just benefit from him even though he didn't see him doing anything or he didn't even hadn't heard him yet this is that overspill I'm telling you about just he's got so much coming to him that other people are basking and showering in it okay we'll continue inshallah another time there's uh, there's a lot more there's a lot more about this And keep it on time, inshallah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, grant us that kind of company. Allahumma rzuqna hubbak wa hubbamayan fa'una hubbuhu indak. Allah grant us your love and the love of those whose love benefits us in your courts. <laughs> Asalli ala sayyidina muhammad wa ala 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 seyyidina muhammad wa barakum Allahumma rabbana fid dunya akhirati hasanah oh wa qida'adhaaba al-naru. Allah, we ask you for your forgiveness and your mercy. O oh Allah, we ask you for your closeness. O oh Allah, despite whatever we are, however we are. O oh Allah, we bow in front of you. We prostrate in front of you when we pray. O oh Allah, we ask you for acceptance. We ask you for a life of purity and piety. O oh Allah, we ask you to make our surrounding conducive for your worship. O oh Allah, we are constantly in struggle. We ask you for assistance. O oh Allah, we ask you for help in our struggles. O oh Allah, we ask you for nafs mutma'inna. We ask you for nafs mutma'inna. O Allah, accept our du'as. O oh Allah, accept our gathering here. O oh Allah, make this a source of your pleasure and your satisfaction. O oh Allah, we ask you to make this a source of your pleasure and your satisfaction. We ask you to make this a source of blessing from you, source of mercy from you, source of forgiveness from you. Oh Allah, accept everyone here and all of those who are listening O Allah, we ask that you accept all of us and you grant in our homes great barakah and blessing and remove all of the difficulties, remove any problems remove any restrictions that may have been brought about by the sins that we have committed O Allah, we ask you for forgiveness for our sins for all the sins, whether we remember them or we don't remember them Oh Allah, we ask you for discernment, insight, basirah O oh Allah, to understand, to illuminate our path in this world to the hereafter, we ask You to make us from the faizin in the hereafter, O oh Allah. We ask You to make us of the successful ones of both worlds, to grant us the best of both worlds, to grant us the kedima la ilaha illallah, to make the our, the final part of our life the best of our life, and O oh Allah, to make standing in front of You the best part of our existence. O Allah, we ask you for Jannatul Firdaus, we ask you for the company of the messengers, the prophets, the shuhada, the saliheen, the siddiqeen. O Allah, we ask you that you make us among them, you make us among the siddiqeen and the saliheen. O Allah, we ask that you grant us these fadail, these virtues, these stations. Oh Allah, we ask You to imbibe our heart with all of the good character that we are required to have and that we need to have in this world. O oh Allah, we ask that You guide us and guide through us. O oh Allah, You make us guides of our own families at least, and then for others. O oh Allah, we ask that You make us a force of positivity, positive change in this world, for bringing people to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, to bringing people to You. O oh Allah. Grant us the love of your messenger as much as we should have Oh Allah grant us his love Oh Allah grant us the ability to follow in his footsteps and all of these salihin that we mentioned Oh Allah make them true inspirations for us true source of inspirations for us Oh Allah remove the difficulties we may be having in our life in terms of trying to practice our faith The challenges that are out there allow us to overcome them allow us to be good forces of change and positivity and Oh Allah we ask that you Grant your great and abundant blessings upon our Messenger Muhammad, and you grant us his company in the hereafter. Subhanahu wa rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun wa salaam wa ala ala wa alhamdulillahi rabbil ala